0: delaney and it's katie and this is classically black podcast
1: where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession
0: with beats playing in the background hey y'all
1: you know what i feel like we always have something to say in the beginning but i feel like maybe it's holidays are all concentrated towards the end of the year because you know we usually have a little something, something at the beginning and it's like it's but there has not been that. also we've been in the house that's probably it too
0: I feel like normally there's something in the streets to talk about.
1: Yeah, like a conference or something, but everything been, like, because, like. I mean, it's also summer. People stuff be dead in the summer. Yeah. Because normally this happen. will be around the time it's gateways, right? But then they moved it to the fall. And an then this time they moved oh, it to the spring next year.
0: There's a gateway to the fall? So I'm not going.
1: No, there was one last year. Oh. But then right. it went virtual, but it was still in the fall. And then this time it's going to be in April. Next year,
0: is it a conference or are they are they are they doing a conference or are they only playing at Carnegie?
1: There's going to be some talks, a couple I know because one of my former professors is doing one. Oh, okay. In both places actually, last time I looked at the schedule, this I think they're just doing the same thing again, but like the second time is better because it's at Carnegie Hall, I guess. Are that's they the hosting the
0: sessions
1: at Carnegie? That's why. That's why I'm wondering where the sessions are going to be at because I did see the sessions also on the on the new york city schedule so i don't know if they're gonna be at carnegie but they doing them in new york city could maybe be at Juilliard or something i don't know this
0: is so hard to um it's so hard to plan stuff right now julia oh yeah julia will be making the most sense because it's across the street huh is it? it i don't know, no, I don't know that's like never mind but um it's hard to plan stuff right now because it's like people don't want to be virtual but then it ended up being the best option like last minute like last minute b you get that um weird email from ethnicology
1: which one i'm sure it was like girl i don't know if i was on the phone while i was
0: reading it why it looked like it was a mandarin or what but i was like is this in english It, it was i'm not trying to drag them but it was like so we might be in person, but we might not, but we also will, but we also will not be, or we'll oh, be in person next week or not. it's like
1: the one where Yeah, they were saying, like, they were discussing whether or not it was going to be in, in person, so then they were like, if we do, if we don't, then it's going to be virtual, but then we're going to do another one in person a couple months later. Uh, that it one. was like
0: they were trying to decide via email with us. <laughs> like, that's what it was. I read it. And it, like an embarrassing that's amount of times, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> I feel cause. like that's
1: like the more of the of the music, you know, since ethnomusicology encompasses so many things. I read the the abstract. Thing. Of course, I didn't recover the cover because it was literally like 50 pages without the abstracts. Without the abstracts,
0: <laughs> girl, I, I'll click on a document. I was like, let me go see where my name is at.
1: Girl, yours is way I remember because I, I was, was like. like
0: First of all, why is there so many people at this conference? Because it's everything. It's everything. I had no idea. This is oh, my first yeah, time. Oh, yeah, girl. It's everything. I had no idea. And I was like, I was on the phone with Nikki before this, and I was like, why they pick? Like, I was. It's crazy. It they picked so under the sun. And I was like, so that's why I was a little annoyed as well, because I was just like, this is not, this is not a drag event. Like, y'all are doing fine. I'm just saying, like, I was annoyed because it's like, how are y'all going to tell that many people we don't know, but we do know, but we don't, but we do. We gonna let you know. What? And I mean, I live near Atlanta. Like I plan on driving regardless, but there are people who don't, who people who cannot drive. Like you have to start planning that stuff now. That doesn't mm. make sense. Like, oh, and then also that's the thing you were saying. It's confusing because they were like, oh, well, if we not going to be a person, we'll be a person next year. Oh, Girl, can we, can we focus on what's, what's happening in October? Are we doing or are we not doing like, what are we doing?
1: I feel like that's, um, they're more of the, I don't know how to explain it, but basically like they want everybody to be a part of the decision and the process of the, you know, like this is, it's kind of woo woo over there, you know? Oh, is it? Yeah. It's it's a little woo woo, especially because they have to, they're incorporating so many different things. You know, ethnomusicology, since it encompasses like literally everything, Everything I think it it tends to be more woo woo because there's just so much to consider. And like nobody want to be insensitive to what's going on over there, like you know what I mean. And people First are why, literally. I knew what y'all was
0: doing when you had no Wait, when did they start? When did they decide on Atlanta? Pre-pandemic? I don't think so,
1: because a year ago we were still in the pandemic. Yeah, and they usually and they, announce is, I think a year at, in advance.
0: So y'all knew what y'all were doing. Y'all picked the city that that y'all knew were hosted. So y'all knew y'all wanted to be a person. So why and, are we why are we hold them in now because
1: of Delta? Yeah. And also Georgia in the Delta, it'd be different if it was like Delta variant with with people who wanted to have things under control. I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you maps. you fly into Georgia, they mandate that you spit on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> spit into my mouth,
1: actually. <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> and you must high five and kiss everybody on the mouth that's sitting in your row. So it's actually a requirement, or you'll be jailed and fined. <laughs> yeah, right. And if you think you're getting a mask in the jail, you're wrong. And you're sharing beds with three people and hugging. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, we're gonna see. Cause communal bath. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's bring it back. It worked in. It worked in Athens. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it here. We're gonna see. I get a little funny every time it's time to like get on the plane. I get a little.
1: I feel I get like. a little funny. I feel like so they're they're now bringing back the mask thing where you need to be masking doors here, which is starting in a couple of days. But I remember I forgot a mask when I went to the grocery store. I was so disgusted. I was like, I cannot believe I'm in here without a mask on, bro. Like, what am I doing? Like, because I did not want to turn around and go back home um, and get one. I was so pissed. And I was only going there for like a couple things. So I was like, let me just get in and out. Bro. I was like, ugh. Do you did you stop wearing a
0: mask at one point?
1: I've never stopped wearing a mask. Yeah,
0: I never stopped either. Um, I get weird looks in Memphis, but I'm like, what I'm doing is minding my business, and I would like you to oblige and do the same.
1: Especially because okay. like if it, I'm like, it don't feel weird to y'all that y'all go places and the employees have our masks and y'all just whatever yeah. in their face. Like I feel bad about that. Like even though I'm vaccinated, the Delta whatever. Like I, mm, I'm mm, always. I, yeah. I just had a COVID scare, the, uh, and, it, and
0: it, it, it really reminded me about how much people like we are eighteen months in. People still don't understand this virus, right? So, boom. Mon- my cousin Monica went back to, sk- to she's doing her senior year there in person because we understand that these kids literally must be in person. Like, it's getting bad. um We could tell that you know George Bush made some mistakes with No Child Left Behind because. Um, they're trying to say that the vaccine is like changing your DNA. Okay, so let's run it back. My to DNA wasn't the, even that great. So okay, okay. So no. okay, <laughs> let's run it back to how deoxyribonucleic acid works. And if you were listening, girl, in freshman biology, you would know that there is literally no way. And I feel like that's why I feel like some people like should have been left behind. And I also feel like we shouldn't have been racing to the top. You know what I'm saying? Because look where we are now. People are writing think pieces on nothing. Katie,
1: did you see that thing? Somebody on Twitter, they was like, "Man, y'all think y'all y'all smarter than actual scientists." And someone was like, "Imagine th- just thinking just because you got a job title, you better than somebody else." I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, we're doomed. We're going. We like, are doomed. Like, okay, it's bad. The fact that like, no, they was not paying attention to the DNA thing because so many people." don't can't even tell me a single thing they remember about the scientific method they're like they don't know what they're doing they don't even know nothing about it i'm like what do you remember about the scientific method that is like you learn that in like second grade science bro the science you learn it at the very beginning and it applies to everything as you move forward bro like it's the basics (laughs) like the very
0: when you went And you put that food, different types of foods, in different Ziploc bags, and taped it to a board.
1: You learned the scientific method. Your hypothesis. And then what did you do after that? Like, come on, bro. Like, (laughs) it's (laughs)
0: pathetic.
1: It's really, really bad.
0: It's bad. It's really bad. I'm just like, we shouldn't have raced to the top, and we should have left some of y'all behind. Because like this i don't know that video going viral i don't know if you saw it where this this um black lady is like okay and then it morphs your dna and then it does this i don't watch anything like that and then this uh scientist stitched it and was like yeah so that's not true that's not the job of this that never works i have seen
1: clips of that lady like i know who you're talking about but i haven't watched the full videos
0: and she's like, Well, the the vaccine is synthetic. She's like, That's true and it goes in and da da, da and like, she's like, Not that's not true. And it just it's like alarming because it's like pe- the anti vaxxers have like memorized certain facts and then fill the facts around like fluff the facts around with foolishness from the pits of hell. So it makes it sound like they actually know what they're talking about. Like it's actually very alarming.
1: Yeah, and I started to thing that I was like, at this point, most people are just looking for things that reinforce what they already believe because at this yeah. point, if you were to say, oh, you know what, I'm wrong, then you have to admit that for the last year, you just been you just been vibes, like, and just being I'm stupid.
0: Like, Girl, do you know why you, you don't go to the park and cut your hand and you don't have to get your whole arm amputated? Because there's a tetanus shot. Do you know why wilma rudolph was the last person to have polio because there is a polio
1: vaccine you know what i have you know i have that book it's a 100 years of front page news from the la times and i think it's from like 1887 or whatever i think the last year is is 1977 or 87 or something like that and i found actually on the front page it was a picture of the very first person to get the polio vaccine oh for real? yeah i was like dang i wonder what people like it was a picture it was everything um so and so the first person to get the vaccine. i was like see y'all just don't, don't <sighs> learn
0: how do y'all not how do y'all not i just don't there's get a it. reason I mean,
1: why my nephew will grow up probably never hearing about chicken pox literally
0: <laughs> like, like do kids even get chicken pox anymore no
1: oh, for real there's like there are people like I heard that there are like kids like like teenagers or t- or teens now that do not like they like chickenpox. See what like there is a vaccine
0: for it. But um, my cousin went back to school. She went back to high school so, on a Wednesday. On Friday she gets an email. Hey girl, because they contact trace everybody. She's assigned in everywhere. Like every class she goes into is contact trace. She's assigned on the bus. She gotta sign in a free period All that So She gotta sign in They they email her They're like Hey girl You've been in contact With somebody with COVID When she got this email She was already At my grandma's house Breathing all up On everybody She was oh already my In gosh. my bed She found out It kinda killed The whole evening Of course Cause my I was bed. like I'm a hypochondriac She said COVID My throat Tightened up And I know people Be like Katie You are dramatic Katie da, da, da. You think I choose Cause This Cause you life? are <laughs> Okay but you think I choose this it's, ve- it's actually very annoying To be a hypochondriac Like if if um, I I will never forget. I was before the vaccine hit. My mom before the vaccine before the pandemic hit. My mom had um, she got the flu. I was like, "You sure it's a flu?" She's like, "Yeah, it was a flu because she got like diagnosed a flu. Whatever." But. I was coming in to do an audition in Chicago right before the um the pandemic hit. I was staying at home and I was like, you're gonna have to wipe down every light switch. I'm like, I have to audition next weekend. I gotta play. I was something with this orchestra in New York. I was like, I have to play with them. I cannot get the flu. When I tell you I walked into that house, my nose stuffed right up. It's annoying. You think I'm making this up? Like it's annoying to be a hypochondriac. Anyway, so my grandma, so Monica, I'm I'm the only one panicked. Everybody was like, oh, okay. I'm like, what do you mean? Okay. No. So, oh, okay. Like, it's going to be fine. Monica puts a mask on the media. I'm like, Monica, you've been here for four hours. Take the mask off. You've already, <laughs> like, we have learned. It's been 18 months and y'all have learned nothing. The next day, I'm like, we got to wait and see because Monica got exposed to the to the COVID. Da, da. My grandma's like, well, why you ain't got a mask on around me? You not put no mask on around me. I'm like, you literally were here yesterday. When Monica got exposed to the vaccine, you already done breathed up the air.
1: exposed to the vaccine. Uh,
0: whatever. The thing. Like, we got to. <laughs> like, so what you mean you asking me why you ain't got a mask on. Because I need to have a mask on around you. You got to put a mask on for me. We both. We all got COVID. COVID queens. Okay. So, <laughs>
1: you know what? This is over.
0: <laughs> so, uh she takes a test on Monday. And. It's, it's negative and I was like "Whoa, oh, Jesus because you know my throat was hot all weekend nose stuffed up all weekend because she done told me um and she's like Katie I don't I was supposed to stay in the house on Saturday because we had we, we made plans to hang out all day Saturday before she found out like, Katie I'm just gonna stay in the house and I'm like girl you gonna come out this house with me because first of all it's my last weekend in Chicago secondly you gave me COVID and we both got COVID so you might as well come outside with me and let's go to the lakefront do what we doing she ain't have it but it just goes to show us we've learned nothing because my grandma asking me, well, you don't put a mask on. I'm like, it's too late. Um, and also, it kind of gave me, like, a reality. Like, I don't, I don't know about no conference or nothing because you can still get it. Like, it's very, it's very rare. Like, it depends on your state and your area. I think, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, Tennessee is, like, 97% of the cases are people without vaccine. It just depends. Percentage, depending on your... Uh, depends on your state, mm-hmm. but my luck, I'll be in that three percent. So I'm not really trying to be fraternizing them, out and about.
1: Yeah, I, it's been very surprising. I feel like for the most part, um, I heard, I heard like I, for the most part, people are masked here. There was um, some lady at the grocery store. The lady I think who was bagging the groceries who was um, who was talking about cause she wasn't, but the lady who was bringing me up was and so she was like I think she was looking irritated they was gonna have to start wearing it again they pushed my time to go back into the office back which I'm not gonna comment on that um we thinking the same thing because
0: now me having to go into the building on Monday what
1: because everybody's just like oh my god it's so sad that you know you started new to work from home I'm like see y'all ain't never met nobody like me I love being at home I would never leave home if I didn't have to so (laughs)
0: like I have like grown to <laughs> enjoy the convenience of being at home. <laughs> like Especially for things be like, oh, that don't I'm, require to be at yeah,
1: home. Yeah. I'm like, girl, I'm like I would never ever leave here if I didn't have to. Like I don't think I understand. Do not feel bad for me. No. Feel bad for me <laughs> when we have to go back. <laughs> That's when you should feel bad for me.
0: It's like it's gonna be a whole lot. Of, it's also ninety seven degrees in Memphis with a mask on.
1: Mm. Yeah, I never yeah. Because it's just you just never know out here, so yeah i gonna d- see a girl i miss delta out here
0: Mhm. and what's that name lambda which one is it
1: oh gosh oh yeah i the heard about is- that lambda what is
0: that but you know what she don't seem like she's getting the popularity and the shine that she wanted so maybe
1: and then she gonna come back bigger and better than ever huh now because all of a sudden this one make a foot crawl to your forehead or some shit. Okay.
0: <laughs> Maybe we, because I remember when Delta, like Delta came around and we was like, Okay, like, okay. Like we been had a we had the Alpha variant or whatever. So when Delta came around, we were like, Oh, girl, we seen you before anyway. And now she run the club, so we gonna see.
1: Delta variant make your skin turn crimson and cream. No, I'm just playing. I bet not I'm about to peel my skin off okay <laughs> listen,
0: that's ridiculous listen as long as I'm gonna try to disrespect nobody with no Sigma variant y'all can go ahead that's coming next <laughs> right Sigma variant uh knucking and bucking
1: now all of a sudden mm-hmm. we find out the the lead researcher on COVID is uh is Sigma Gamma Rho that's why that's why it's a Delta variant that's why
0: everybody <laughs> al- Alpha variant it's gonna be a Zeta variant for <laughs> everything but Sigma yup <laughs>
1: oh uh-huh. uh, wow well, um well yeah that's what. so I've been I, I even be like my apartment office is like like have like you know like a screen like a glass and everything it's like barely not open and I'll be like even even this even this um I'm gonna have a mask on but I was gonna talk about or, or shout out to some of the places um some of the orchestras that are coming out with with you know regulations and stuff I was gonna ask you um ask you what Memphis is doing because um I know some of the some of the places that have come out with this so far the Met has the most strict of everyone um which is you must be vaccinated which means if you're 12 and under you cannot go to the Met like you just can't bring your kids period um, L.A. That's f- crazy. I'm yeah, of this. yeah. They're they're the strictest one out of everyone. L.A. Phil. I'm not quite sure because they they released and said you must be vaccinated. But then somebody asked, "What about kids 12 and under?" And I didn't I I didn't see an announcement or a clarification on that at the time because they had just posted it and I didn't go check back. Now Seattle Symphony is doing. It's actually all Seattle arts organizations that collaborated on it because you know people are always gonna have something to say. Right. so you might as well like strengthen numbers you know because they're not gonna be like what opera is doing this and what right. a somaso? so and so so they're doing this you need you need a vaccination or a negative covid test and there's like two different tests you could get in like the time frame is different like because you know i'm vaccinated so i don't be taking covid tests like that no more i've only taken like maybe two or three um, mean the entire pandemic because i've been at home but um yeah we took them every week at Memphis Symphony it was a lot I can't wait to not do that cause I wasn't going nowhere to see that's the thing, um but yeah I was gonna ask you what's what are they doing
0: I have no idea <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I was I was joking around because I'm like I feel, I feel we be like the last to find out stuff but it's really because I probably haven't been paying attention because Jen told me that that dude got hired oh what's his name for that for artistic director have a black new director of artistic operations jen told me that so um i don't know what be going on i don't think i don't i don't know what they say yet but it's gonna be up to the i think it's gonna be up to the board Mm -hmm. and they haven't Um,
1: the thing about over here is that they had to tell people because they had already Put, like packages on sale like see, like subscription packages mm-hmm. so they were like we cannot wait to tell people because what they, they are they they are giving refunds you know they're not gonna just well oh well, wow because like that that's why they're doing the negative COVID test because like and that's the same thing for employees employees is um you either get vaccinated or if you have they say if you have a religious or um, medical reason for not getting vaccinated, then um, you have to get a negative t- COVID test as an audience member, as an employee, then you have to get a COVID test every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Which I was like, whew.
0: Is this the one you do it by yourself?
1: I don't know. I don't, because I was like, that ain't me, so I'm not going to, I didn't read the details because it was complicated. And I was like, that's it's probably why it's complicated to defer you. Yeah, um, for sure. From doing that. And that's another reason why they moved the thing back. Um, so that people have time to get their vax- get both of vo- both doses of their um vax before they go into the office.
0: I don't I don't like gonna speak out of town with the Memphis Symphony. <clears throat> but us being in Memphis does definitely play a part. So mm. right. I ain't hearing nothing about I would be shocked if they made patrons vaccine get a vaccine. Like I would be like I would be shocked. Like that is not gonna happen. That is that is not gonna happen. Because we were we were already doing giving concerts. Mm. Everybody else been shutting down. We've been having audiences. So maybe they'll just do masks. They're probably gonna keep the mask up. You know, I'm trifling. That's what my own sin. (laughs) So that's all I want. Um, but I doubt I will be very shocked. They're not gonna do something like that. Especially like the governor wouldn't even support something like that. Mm. Mm. Like, they, the the governor, I don't really be hearing too much about the Tennessee governor. He's not as bad as like Texas and Florida because Florida has gone full on let the meat cake. Like, numbers going up great. Anyway, Disney World will be open 12 to 12. Let's do 24 hours. Like, you kind of just hear about him. But, um, University of Memphis has a mask mandate but we're, it's 100% in person and also not only is it 100% in person there are no virtual options they said if you want to take virtual classes you gotta
1: sign up for a virtual class Hmm. I don't even know what they're gonna do because apparently also nobody told me this i found this out because you know i'm nosy i read all the emails that's literally not nosy they're my emails but like you know i read emails that i get and like i would be clicking on stuff or whatever and i found out from clicking on something that apparently we're supposed to have an actual commencement for class of 2020 like nobody told me that and i'm like did anybody know that because i didn't even hear nobody post about that so we were supposed to have it during meliora weekend but now Meliora weekend virtual, which I'm like, who is going to a virtual Meliora who is weekend? was going to bro? a
0: virtual Meliora weekend?
1: <laughs> if y'all don't know, Meliora weekend is like a like a little weekend thing that they do every year at at Eastman slash University of Rochester, like alumni come back. And so if you have a like if you have a class that's celebrating their 50 years, or like a milestone, 50, 40, 30, whatever. Usually those are probably the most people that come back. Um, if you're celebrating a milestone, but it's just like events and stuff and. You know, for Eastman, they 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 do certain concerts on Meliora a weekend, and it's that kind of thing, just a celebration. But I'm like, who going to know virtual Meliora a weekend, bro? Like, girl, anybody going to know regular Meliora a weekend? All the people that was old enough to be going to Meliora a weekend don't know how to use their computers anyway, because like mm-hmm. it was for real, just like people, like old people that would come back. Which that actually sounds cool, like on your 50 year college anniversary, you come back and they would be like, oh, this still looks the same. I'm like, yeah, girl, but
0: yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't go back to a 50-year Eastman graduation considering the fact that. Yeah. It also does it's, your it's, master's, it's too. Great. Yeah, it was my master's. That's the main reason. Like, I feel like it, yeah, it, was, it was all right. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I we, we were talking about going to Mellie weekend in a couple of years anyway with all the blacks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, and, like using melior weekend loosely because i ain't gonna go to no program right but that's be- just like <laughs> we, we as well yeah because <laughs> the the atmosphere will be conducive to that like people are already like reminiscing and stuff we might as well instead of just being on a random thursday like people in class and junk like at least we have place there yeah um on melior weekend but
1: yeah so everything getting recanceled oh, love that for us
0: I mean, it gets me uh hope about rock music because I didn't know if I was gonna still be teaching, um. But they up north. If it, if it was in Memphis, I know we'd be in person. But we gonna see.
1: Well. Well. Um, other than that, I do have some, just a couple quick things, so I really don't need to uh, take all that. Uh, first, I want to shout out because I totally, you know, I'm going to be writing stuff down, but I want to shout out Caitlyn, if y'all remember. Yes. Um, Caitlyn Edwards, who was on episode five of Classically Black, like our very first guest. What the heck?
0: 140 weeks ago.
1: Like, for real. Like, Probably more I, than that. I, yeah, more that than that because so. we took that two weeks. Um, oh, wait, it's time for you. I feel like I at 150 cause like, come on, bro. Like, wait, but what number is this? This is 146. Oh, oh shoot, girl. that's now. We would have to start planning that.
0: <laughs> wait, but did we plan ahead last time, or did we just let the girls just?
1: No, we planned ahead. We had to because oh. we didn't want to be recording on our week off. We wanted to just schedule it, you know, so that it would just come back, and we could start on that our regular recording oh, day Thursday. I see what you're saying. Yeah, this is
0: so tacky. Not us. <laughs> We're literally wrong. <laughs>
1: it really is but um <laughs> i want to shout out caitlin our very first classically black guest for um coming oh, out she, with her album uh, her debut album exhale is available for streaming for purchase on all platforms so i will put a link so that y'all can listen to it in the description of this episode um and just congrats to her for being popping and putting out her album congrats,
0: come on, album like
1: <laughs> period <That's>
0: incredible, right
1: <laughs> Um, and then shout out to another friend of the show, Kyle Dixon, um, who was just announced to be one of the, uh, Salonen fellows at the Colburn school. Um, this is a, um, like a fellowship led by Esa Pekka Salonen, a conductor, um, who joined the Colburn school faculty to do a, um, conducting program that's basically like, it has some mentorship. Um, they get like, they get like room and board and all kinds of stuff, like, um they get scholarship for all of that stuff and they get to um like you know just advance their their professional careers and and also get preparation for moving forward in their um careers um from asapaka and himself so shout out to kyle because that's like that's such a huge milestone i didn't even know that kyle was in la I don't know how I didn't I know that.
0: Did you know that? I don't. I don't think he left yet. Did he leave?
1: Because what well, it says here that he's assistant conductor at the Inner City Youth Orchestra of Los Angeles, and I was like, well, hold on. Well, because I, I just had oh. lunch when I was back when I was in LA recently. I just had lunch with Mr. Dickerson, um, and I I didn't know, but maybe maybe that's something that he set up, and he gonna start doing that when he get there. Yeah, has and he has title he
0: he had his little um, going away party
1: last weekend. Oh, okay, okay. or two weekends ago. Okay.
0: Yeah, shout out to my boo
1: thing. Period. Um, and they're also going to be a, a part of the fellowship. Is also they're going to be on the Colburn artist roster. I was like, okay, that's so that sounds fancy. Um, and it's and it's basically an in-house professional management program for a uh, Colburn students, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's that, that's that's only some Colburn stuff. Like, <laughs> that sounds like some very specific Colburn stuff. If they you do. like, like, yeah, you know, like. <laughs> Um, but shout out to shout out to Kyle for being in the numbers. So proud of him. And yeah, that's pretty much all I had.
0: Oh, period. Okay,
1: well, we thirty well, minutes in anyway. So
0: I mean, yeah, we might as well take a turn. It's hilarious because you were like, we don't talk at the beginning of the show anymore. And then.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I meant to bring up that COVID thing for the orchestras, though, in the news, regardless. But oh, okay, yeah. But with that whole thing that we did before that it was not a part of the plan.
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna do one of my favorite inter- intermissions is listens lately. I love doing this. Um what you been listening to, Delaney?
1: Okay, so we're doing back and forth. Are we? Yeah, that's back and forth okay okay so one thing I'm gonna play a little bit of it I'm sure y'all have at least heard of it by now which is so funny because sometimes when things when songs hit the internet and they like whatever like they go I've been starting to listen to them but like Mm -hmm. just to see the conversation and then I realized like oh I could just listen to like it wasn't just like a one-time thing like the song is available to be streamed like I can do Mm. that (laughs) which is what I felt about Industry Baby which is um, Lil Nas X's single with Jack Harlow Um, he came out with this video that was awesome I really liked the video and then I realized like a day or two ago I was like I actually like the song I could just listen to it so I've been listening to it for the past couple days so if you have not heard it here's a little bit of Industry Baby and also shout out to the Brass Players see we we, we doing stuff with y'all now
0: and Jack Harlow my man
1: Actually, what have you been listening to? I don't want to play that Because <laughs> why would you say that? Like <laughs> why would you say that? Ugh. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you just him. didn't have this whole episode is tainted now. Like, <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm
0: over it. <laughs> I'm honestly over it. Listen, there's a couple of my Twitter friends that stand behind me. I don't know why, but I just don't understand, so like, you could feel that way. I just understand why you have to say it. Because <laughs> he is so fine. And like when you look at him, you'd be like, Hey, no, he's not, but he...
1: Yes. But it just didn't have to be like, <laughs> like it's just so many other people you could have said that about, and you know what, you could be on that side because you already know every time you say something about somebody, it comes out that they whatever. And he was I, in, the, he was okay. in the thing, defendatory lane. So okay. yeah, that's Katie's man. Okay, that's okay. Katie's to man. Be no. fair, <laughs> w- he,
0: it wasn't a misstep and a and a, a taint on his record. Absolutely, however. It's the way he said it, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that he's still fine, and you know, one strike. Kelly, okay, okay? fine too. Now you know that's too far. <laughs> it's, it's too far. It's
1: not the same <laughs> now, thing at know. all. Not the same thing at all. All but. I'm
0: saying is that I like Jack Harlow. And all right, so
1: he was a band
0: from Lollapalooza. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like the song, and I was gonna throw Katie your bone for her man until she said that. But
0: listen, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even date. Listen,
1: let's I wanna clear just that. let's just move on. No, no, we no, don't have say, to clear anything
0: up. First of all, people already know about Jack Harlow because we did that one, that one episode we did with like try not to dance or something like that. I don't know. Okay, I want to get this one out the way because I'm a little bit embarrassed but um this song is a vibe i don't know what kind of vibe chaos but um i like it a lot this is get into it by those cat <laughs> Just sorry, I just love it. All right,
1: okay. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't listen to Doja Cat, although I'm like I should start listening to Doja Cat because um she just seemed cool.
0: She does cool. seem cool. I, I'm having a hard time. The only that's the only song I have of her on my playlist because I can't. I'm trying to get over like the showing feet in racial chat
1: rooms thing. Like,
0: what was that even about?
1: But. I mean, you've gotten past more. Ah oh, yeah. As we've seen in the last couple of minutes. So.
0: All right. What's your next one? <laughs>
1: okay, so my next one, I've been really into Draco the Ruler lately. Um, I really, really like him. That's my man in my head. Um and he I came across him, even though he's an LA rapper. Um, you know, I I'm still getting back into listening to recent music and it there's just so much stuff coming out. Mm -hmm. but i heard him on a song that he did on sweetie's um mixtape ep i don't know what it was but she did like a summer playlist or whatever pretty summer playlist um Mm -hmm. he's on a song of hers called risky so i most just like i literally listen to the song for his verse i like some of sweetie's stuff um but i'm gonna start it like a little like right before his verse because i do like her little chorus on it um but yeah i'm gonna play his verse
0: Ooh, all that drama and that gossip pick could miss me. Ooh, how the hell a broke, nigga try to fix me. Pretty bitch, someone got the whole gang mixed in. Three, two shots, got a bitch feeling risky.
1: A hundred down to one and sideways. I told the bitches my way or the highway. Double parked in driveways on the 5Ks. That Instagram shit was cute with tape is blocked later, I laugh Now pilot hitter goes another cloud chase. I seen that little shit, you was up and it was not buy nature. You don't wanna worry with the done, and a pop face. Talking about my wrist and my neck, the price was outrageous, mean by like night. You back That's That's my shit. That's my shit. I love that verse. I don't <laughs> know. <why. laughs> but yeah. Okay, Um, this
0: song by Am I. What am I saying? What am I even saying? What am I saying? This song by Young Ma has been one of my favorite songs of the summer. It's called Hello Baby. Hello baby.
1: Hello baby. Hello baby. Hello baby. Hey, sipping that yucky bitch in the pass. He got two more in the backseat. Hello baby. All white, it's Ashy doing 150 on the dash. Can't pass me to the bank with a check like cash me, 100k bitch, big rack, big rack, throw it in the bag, big bag me, I'm already married to the money, can't have me, she said she adore me, hello, hello then baby. I went in Dior and Dior'd me, hello. drip hello. check, hello. record me, drip. this gun on my hip for 40, if it ain't about money, it bore me, I'm yawning, if it ain't yak, don't pull me, if it ain't yak, don't pull me. me, come get your bitch, she on me, hello. she kept her ass, applaud me, hello. I swear I'm a son of a bitch for the sun on my wrist, Uh, good morning,
0: Like, I was saying hello, baby, all summer, and especially since I know it gets on my cousin Monica's nerves. I'll be like, hello, baby, every time she answers (laughs) the (laughs) phone.
1: Um, dang, for my last one, I'm actually changing it last minute because I was gonna play a song for like an old song I used to listen to from Earl Swisher's old album, I think from 2013 called Doris. That's the the name of the album, but actually, there's another song I've been listening to, um, called Reagan by Killer Mike. If y'all don't know, Killer Mike hate Ronald Reagan, um, and Nancy Reagan. Um, if you hear him talk about them, it's actually like, whoo, Jesus, which he has reason to. Um, but I don't know. There's two parts of the song I kind of want to play, but I'm gonna play. Actually, I'm playing both. It's literally our show. I don't have to choose, so <laughs> 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 so I'm gonna play um both of them. Um, okay. This is basically about. It's basically about the war on drugs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, okay. Old enough to understand the shit that changed forever They declared a war on drugs, like a war on terror But what it really did was let the police terrorize whoever But mostly black boys, but they would call us niggas And lay us on our belly while they fingers on their triggers They boost was on our head, they was on our crotches And they would beat us up if we had diamonds on our watches And they would take our drugs and money that they pick our pockets I guess that that's the privilege of policing for some profits But thanks to Reaganomics, prison turned to profit. Cause free labor's the cornerstone of U.S. Economics. The slavery was abolished unless you are think time and so that's the first part I want to play because that's one of just one of my favorite parts of the song but also my my favorite favorite part of the song is at the end um I just think it's like very cool wait like, hold on let me actually play it.
0: I only love the rich and how they loan the control. If I say any more, they might be at my door. Who the fuck is that? Staring in my window, doing that surveillance on oh, Mr.
1: Michael Render. I'm dropping off the grid before they pump the lid. I leave you with a word. I'm glad Reagan did. Yeah, I've been listening to that. A little chill listening, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lighthearted. Loving it. Um,
0: okay. So, I'm torn, but I'm just going to make my last one piece of the week. So, I'll skip that. Because um, I've been listening to a lot of their music a lot. But, okay. So, I've been... I really uh like uk drill a lot i can't listen to uk drill like too much though because like it's a little like intense but um through exploring that i found this artist um she's not a drill artist um where i put it called uh shabo and she did a collaboration with dream doll and this is called broke boys i like it a lot so here it is bro boys always chase to me. Homeless looking niggas say they won't change for me. Church boys say they pray for me. Wasting your time if you think that you're saving me. Cause I want a nigga that's gang. I want a nigga with tats and bands in his hands. I want a nigga with ice. I want a
1: nigga who rule on talk to me nice. I, I want a nigga that's bad. How much cases you had? Tell me what jail you've been Cause all of them talk like they tough till I play with them rough. they be crying on a baby team. And
0: I'm hot to pressure that ice on my neck, I don't wanna go big, king I can't take disrespect,
1: I'm sick in my head, so stay away from me. Be careful, girl, you don't know me well. I'm crazy as hell, don't play with me. He treat me well, I'm his baby girl. I don't kiss and tell, so he rating me. Like look at my swag, look at my drip, look, look at my eyes, look at my wrist look at my ass
0: look at my tits. I told you before, I don't face it, bitch. Bro, boys always chasing me. I mean, I love that for her. I don't want a man that went to jail, but you know
1: yeah who was that that was somebody who was like don't talk to me unless you got at least three bodies I like killers I was like girl girl you trying no to be number don't. four like what are you talking no, you about don't. what <laughs> imagine not, be, not talking to somebody cause they haven't cause they're not a serial killer
0: basically <laughs> <laughs> like I mean it's easy to go to jail sometimes if you wrong place wrong yeah but she was very specific yeah that's us i'm yeah. like i want to be clear like there's a lot of people who are in jail who shouldn't be in jail i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like you got about seven bodies right they talk about for you when you really shouldn't be free
1: but right
0: like i don't <laughs> talk about she wants to she want a nigga that's gang like why <laughs> <laughs> why but it's a bop and i enjoy I, it
1: yeah i be saying all kind of stuff i don't mean I be right all, stuff, <laughs> all kind of stuff Cause I'm sure she
0: living nice in in London, talking about she want this and that in her penthouse apartment, talking about this and that. No, you don't, ma'am. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want none of that stuff. But it sounded good on the track. So, period.
1: <laughs> all right, right. <laughs> all right. Moving on. So um, we're moving on to the topic this week. Let me pour this up. So basically, as you know, we frequently get inspiration from Twitter and the like. Um, Katie TikTok, you know both of us Instagram, whatever. I,
0: I felt attacked one day. I saw a tweet. Someone said like I be opening up Twitter, like it's a like it's a news app. But I'm like, that's literally,
1: <laughs> literally. Like, let me check the newspaper in the morning, like
0: Delaney. I do the same thing. I wake up. I do my Bible app. I read the New York Times newsletter in my email, and then I go to Twitter because that oh, that's see, just gonna like,
1: give me. I mean, I do get the New York Times. I get a couple of different ones, but. I feel like I don't even, I, I don't be having the mental capacity. I need the bite-sized news first. <laughs> I can see that. But I think the reason why I signed up for the New York Times newsletter was when the
0: pandemic happened and I had no idea it was coming. And I was like, Katie, hey, we have to change something. I was, I'm, I was at Walmart the week before wondering, why is it so packed in Rochester at 7 o'clock on a Thursday? Then a whole global pandemic happened. And I had no idea, and I was like, "We have to change something."
1: Oh, see, I don't even get that newsletter. I get, I get a couple of them. I get some opinion newsletters. Oh no! And I also get the Veggie, which is a vegetarian newsletter.
0: What is that? Is it like, like they get vegetarian? Like yeah, vegetarian, recipes? not vegan. Yeah. Oh. Some of the, okay. But they do
1: get. They do send you like alternatives. Like I, because I just oh. got my first one, and they'll like, if you want to make this vegan, substitute it with this. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: It's basically like the New York Times newsletter is like, they give you a round rundown of everything that happened the day before. Yeah. With links to, well, I guess it's like current news too. I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I mean. They can't write Cause the future. Because I'm a subscriber with,
1: like now. Oh, they they finally bullied me into it because they were really like, it was to the point where every time I clicked on the Times article, it would be like, you're out of free articles. I'm like, I have not read the New York Times in like three months. How am I out of articles, bro? Is it worth it? Honestly, I pay like for like it's like a dollar a month for me right now, and then I think it turns to like four or something like that. I use it pretty often, and you, they started doing subscriber only newsletters. So I get some that you can't get oh, unless you're, you're a, a subscriber. Sinusoid. Yeah,
0: because they ca- they came on to me because the newsletter it will have the news from the day before with links. Because like it's like it comes out the same. It's like this, there's a New York Times that came out today. No, it's Saturday. Okay, there's a New York Times that comes out on Monday. The newsletter is like a synopsis of what's in the thing, as much as it can. Obviously, it skips a lot of stuff. With links to the actual letter, which to the actual paper. But what I did was I, I was using a little hack when you put the period after .com. I ran that into the dirt. They finally, I think, like me and forty thousand other people who like that tweet with that hack. The they don't even let me look at nothing
1: now. Oh, I <laughs> I, gonna gonna t- I get ten nothing. free articles a month to gift to somebody. So if you want to read something girl yeah let me, i can they, send it to you <laughs>
0: the, the way they they kept my url i can't do nothing they won't even let me peek it be a new month of everything i, <laughs> I swear they won't even let me like they would be like girl they got subscribe. your ip
1: address On they do
0: Delaney. On- <laughs> because i told you that's why i texted you that one up. you gotta try this y'all i was reading 20 articles a day just because i was using i wish i was lying because i was like oh i got free access to this <laughs> put a period after the dot com I was doing that for, like, a month straight, 20 hours a day, just clicking. Click, 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 click.
1: Ooh, what's could. this? Reading, reading stuff you, could, you would never have laid eyes on.
0: I, I would have never read it, but I was like, I got the hack. Now it's so – now I can't – I'm telling you, I haven't even – I can't even get on a website without them yelling. Because I know technically you're supposed to get, like, you know, they let you look at two things, and then it's like, girl, subscribe. They don't let – they haven't let me do that in months. I can't click on nothing. I'm going to subscribe because –
1: well, I got my 10 articles a month And ain't nobody else asking me for them so.
0: Listen, period, because I used to click on every I was learning Okay, yeah. I was learning But anyway
1: oh yeah so <laughs> the podcast that we will post okay so there was a tweet um by one james dara um he says a real question how many of you have classical music slash opera critics for your city's major newspapers that are women and or bipoc journalists opera is almost always covered solely by the music critics but i'm just curious what kind of diversity exists in that sphere nationally and as we were scrounging for what to talk about, now' just funny, but like I was just thinking, like, what have I come in contact? Because like I feel like normally there's more going on, so it is harder to come up with things. I feel it's like lately, in the summer, yeah, yeah um, that when we were thinking, I was like, oh well, that's definitely a pocket of classical music that we haven't talked about very much yeah. or at all really um, is criticism but I feel like we have talked about criticism in classical music in the more traditional ways that it happens like when you think about it how do you see how do we see just criticism in general showing up in classical music well as performers we see it all the time you criticize yourself when you are in you go to your you know your teacher or whatever whatever like your studio class whatever um, that's sort of like us as performers our Relationship to criticism in classical music but um, not necessarily in the way you know that he's talking about it here with actual music critics um, that write so um, in the like replies on that they you know there were some people um, showing like oh this person this person or whatever or but there were also a lot of people saying like nah everybody's white everybody's a man like etc mm-hmm. um so I'm actually going to link the things so that y'all can see the whole like thread and everything that happened. But um, well first, I mean you already I you already told me this, but can you tell the people like what is your like, like your like when you think of music critics like what do you think of?
0: Um, some white man talking about his necklace. Okay, like, I really <laughs> like I really I saw Delaney like. Um, when she when she brought this idea, I was like, I will just follow your lead because I don't really have an opinion on this topic. Like, I really haven't thought of music critics, um, a lot at all, actually, because I think I feel like they serve a different role now. Maybe because it's like if I want to go to a concert, I'm just gonna go to a concert and see. Like, I don't really care what you had to say about it. Cause even I feel like even movies are like that. People say movies are trash all the time, and I still go. And I'm gonna get it. Cause I feel like that's something in which like it's low low risk and me experiencing it for myself and it being trash it's not like don't go to this hotel they got bugs I'm like I'm gonna go see for myself it's not you yeah. know <laughs> you know so it's like so I feel like even more in when it comes to classical music like if she gonna play the reveal she gonna play the reveal you know what I'm saying like that's kind of like so I haven't really paid much mind outside of like One time, Eastman Philharmonia went to Carnegie Hall, and this dude ripped it apart. I remember that, and it was like for what? You know, that's where I was kind of like, what's the point of that? And then of course the thing with Randall that we talked about, um, a couple of weeks ago. So I really haven't thought about outside of that much, except for like learning about like Schumann, Schubert, one of the um that used to write had the little paper or whatever, you know. So I don't really have an opinion on the matter. Am I really in that? I'm in that spirit that that realm of classical music.
1: That's a good point, though. I wonder what, like, f- like orchestral musicians, like in professional orchestras, think about classical music critics. Because it's like, I feel like, are they going, I guess they're going to criticize the performance, not necessarily, like, the pieces, unless it's a new piece. Because it's like, what, you gonna write a, you gonna write a criticism on By- Beethoven 5 again? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not gonna be on the piece. It's gonna be on the performance. But also, it's like, what are you saying, really, about, like, you you go to criticize the L.A. Phils it's like, yeah, they co- you can write about what they did, but, like, what are you really writing about? You know what especially I mean? Especially, like,
0: especially somewhere, like, you're going to go to the L.A. Phil and critique them. You who haven't won an orchestral job are going to talk about the L.A. Phil
1: Yeah, and it's like— That's kind of weird to me. And it's like—and and that's where I, why criticism is so hard, because it's not necessarily that they'll be like, oh, this person played a wrong— like, it's not like that. So it's hard to place what exactly is going on. For me, I would say, um, not that it's not that that's a bad thing, but like I guess I just haven't figured out like what the place is but for like music critics like, here, like now in these days, I guess.
0: But they'd be like writing for like papers, right? So it's like I guess like if you'd be like, oh, I don't even know, like it's like almost like a highlight reel, like oh, yeah, Rainbow played with New York Phil last night and it was amazing, and this and that. It's like almost like a like a sports highlight. But yeah. then, what do with the information if he only played once? He's not gonna play again tonight.
1: Yeah, I feel like part of it is because cause a lot of classical music critics they will they will do direct criticism. Then they'll do things like that where they'll just write story. They cover classical music in general, like they'll write Good a job. story. about classical music so like that I feel like that's a little bit like different so I see I I see what critics are doing in um when it comes to like new works like you want to hear like what a new composer is doing whatever whatever but it's like say I'm Yuja Wong and I solo with the LA Phil like what you gonna say oh my solo wasn't that good I'm Yuja Wong like I would I would not be on stage with the LA Phil if I was not a good pianist you know what I mean?
0: But I feel like me and you think like that. I feel like most... Like, other people in classical music are kind of dense to that. Because don't you... Haven't you seen reviews sometimes? I feel like I've seen reviews where it's like... This wasn't their best night or something like that.
1: Mm. Okay. Like, they got multiple nights. That's what the multiple nights are for. Yeah.
0: Like, I feel like people in classical music can be a little dense to that. I and mean, be like, well, now you getting up there. They pay you all this money for you to sound like that.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to... And I want to be clear, like, I understand the point of them in that, like, some people like to hear, like, they like to hear discourse about music, like, just how, like, how modern or, like, popular music critics are. Like, you're going to listen to the album yourself, but you also want to hear, like, what somebody with a quote-unquote trusted opinion thinks about it. I've had to write criticism before, and that's why, and because it's so opinion-based, that's why I find it so difficult I find it very difficult to write and difficult to understand so I don't know if I'll ever get yeah like so I've had to do like album reviews and I'm like it was good yeah
0: like (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you like (laughs) and that's why like even like a little bit like zooming out from that that's why I find studio class to be a little bit difficult because I don't like listening to people do stuff with a critical ear because I think it's like a little weird like especially like just for you to get comments on something versus like me somebody paying me to give you to make you better like I couldn't imagine somebody like hey I worked on this um album for for two and a half years okay not that long a year and a half or whatever a year come criticize it and like I, me who has never written an album and like well you know it was okay but like you could have did this I just feel like that's just like kind of weird to me maybe it's me being like overtly humble. I don't know cuz or too humble. I don't know. I just feel like that's very weird for me to criticize somebody's work in that in that way cuz it's just like I never written an album before, written. You hear me? That's why I haven't wrote one. Wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say written town nice to me. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like that's just such a a difficult place to be
1: it's, a, it's i feel like it's a difficult line to tell that's why i'm like now i don't think about it, we should have a, a critic on the show because i don't even think that it's that their job is like whatever i think it's that i don't understand the headspace that someone has to be in to do criticism the right way you know like it's very mm-hmm. easy to identify when someone's doing it the wrong way because mm-hmm. when they're doing too much when they're talking out their neck like it's very easy to be like yeah you're talking out your neck like mm-hmm. whatever but it's and, and it's also because like i feel like I don't want to say that they're not open-minded, but I feel like I'm too open-minded to be a critic because I'm like, something, there's something for everybody. So I'm not going to sit up here, yeah. At, at, like, what's the point of me? If I didn't like it, why you got to hear from me about why I didn't like it? You might like it. Go listen to it. Like, That's yeah, my whole especially, review. <laughs> especially
0: with something that, to me, seems like a little bit more abstract. Yeah, like, it's too objective. Critic, it yeah, objective. Ob- objective. Like, a fool critic, like, stuff be, like, good or not, but you could be objective about food because – like, yeah, this might be for you, this might be for you, but like, this was too salty, this was nasty. Like, they need this a rocky opening night because my food came late. The this is that, like, you can, those are like things that are just like fact, you know, yeah. like, whether it was something was like, especially when it comes to like sodium or something like that, you can say, like, oh, this was on the saltier side, but you can't yeah. say it was too spicy because people like what they like. And especially, like, same thing with makeup. That's why people trust like influencers because they'll be like oh like this it, this is a white cast this is this this is that that is like this is true or false yeah whereas music is so abstract sometimes it's yeah, like it's up to
1: interpretation it's what yeah. you like it's just very much like people like all kind of different like yeah mm-hmm. it's just very much that it's like and i'm also you know team if you ain't got nothing nice to say like whatever, so that's why I'm like, if I didn't like this, what's the point of me writing a whole thing about how much I hated it? When well, you can find somebody that liked it to tell you all the different things about it. Now, but then there's also something to be said for writing about something that you didn't like and explaining why, and etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. and and it's also what you brought up about about humility. It's like I feel like it's hard because you want to believe in yourself and be like, I have experience and enough in a field to talk about it but at the same time it's like because i know that that's that's where the trust in critics comes from it comes from you are an expert in this field and so people want to hear your opinion about it mm-hmm. but also with music i don't feel like you need to be an expert about music to talk about it mm-hmm. um in certain in certain like there are certain things obviously like there was that there was a, a article that was going around twitter written on Rolling Stone about how D minor is the saddest key and how universally all cultures agree that it's the saddest key and I'm like that's not even true because music theory the way we think about music theory isn't even universal to all cultures like you cannot apply our music theory to every type of music so that cannot be true but like yeah I think that's so-
0: where they messed up because I have heard that saddest key thing but I've heard that in um classical music spaces. Yeah, I think everybody doing the same thing anyway? yeah that's a problem with y'all and they
1: stated like as fact like every culture believes this yeah and they also were like it was just some basic music theory stuff that was off so like stuff like that mm. like i understand that of course you need to know what you're talking about because those are you know those are like actual like fields of study that have their own like um their own like structures or whatever but i just mean like globally to talk about music um I think that there are there are levels to everything. So you can talk about music in some capacity. But then also, when you think about music criticism, that's why there's a difference between scholarly writing and um, and being a public intellectual, writing things for the public to read. And I feel like that's where you need to be a, an expert when you're doing scholarly writing, because then there's a process for that. So then it's kind of hard, because like when you're somebody who is an expert on something, but you're writing for people who are non-experts, that's where it's like what you're writing for people who can also partake in this, which is why criticism is kind of like a... It's kind of like a... In my head, I don't understand it because um, I feel like, okay, well, who am I? You know? Mm, yeah. Like, I, you know, like, I feel like... It's it's not like I'm a doctor writing about... Well, actually, apparently that's opinion too these days. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but, you know, like, it's very hard for me to trust whatever. So, like, even though I've been asked to write, like, reviews on things and people for whatever reason, feel like I'm qualified to do that. And, like, yes, I've been in music for a long time. So, like, yes, I can hear things and I can point things out. It's still difficult to do that. So, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it was it was necessary to get, like, a background understanding on, like, how we feel about criticism and like, whatever that we're going into before we get into the tweet. Um But basically, as you can probably expect, a lot of people said that, like, nah, our major newspapers are mostly white men, some white women, um, but mostly that, um, and just to get an idea of, like, the, the landscape of music criticism, music criticism, classical music, there are some, um, like, BIPOC and, like, women, uh, writing criticism, as I just said, I have done a couple album reviews, but they're mostly writing, like, part-time or contract, for, mm. like, smaller publications. Um, And when you really think about it there, someone point made a good point, is that there are only about, like, 12 of these jobs, like, nationally, you yeah. know, like, to, to write at a major publication. Like, New York Times probably has, like, two classical music critics, maybe. A couple of them. Mm. Um, I can think, of, you know, maybe two or three, because this, I'm not gonna... Cause I don't want to butcher anybody's name, but there's a, there's a couple of them over there. You know, the New Yorker has some, you know, people, their major publications. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's that. Um, And like, those are like the people who are doing full time music criticism. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was important to kind of bring this up. Like there, there are multiple reasons why of course both of us are like on the same page about, of course we need more black music critics. One of the reasons for that, in my opinion is that like when you think about I, of course I'm not in nobody's newsroom, you know, but somebody is deciding which stories get told, you know somebody is deciding who is um whose concert, whose premiere is getting covered, et cetera mm. um, and also just thinking about the way that we talk about music, but that's a whole you know a whole other thing, but just on the on the page of like being able to cover things on uh, on a national scale you know because I'm sure not everybody who reads the New York Times classical music reviews lives in New York and is about to go to these performances you know what I mean yeah like so there's folks on a national stage um, with these jobs um, and I feel like just like in every other aspect of classical music that we've talked about if there were more black people um, making those decisions then we would see a difference in the coverage Mm. Mm-hmm because it's not just like we said it's not just covering concerts and things like that they're also writing stories about classical music Mm -hmm. um which we saw in the new york times there was a couple new york times things with the mcgills in it with sphinx in it like during you know that whole period of time that we had last year when everybody was you know um (laughs) being nice to black people so um yeah so that's kind of like on that side of it, and then also just the way that we talk about music. That Rolling Stone article is a is a good example. I just feel like anybody that had a more global understanding of music would not have said something like that. Yeah, you know that that was considering other cultures and whatever would not just be like, "Yep, everybody thinks this," mm-hmm. because it's just it's just not true that our way of of um, music theory applies to what everybody thinks. But, yeah, so I don't know. Those are, like, some of my reasons why I feel like we need... Why we need to see more black music critics. Um, and also just sort of, um, like, why... That's that's also kind of, like, my understanding at, of music criticism. I'm actually kind of interested now in, like, having somebody on the show to talk about it. So that we could get a better idea of that. But um, also was very curious about like how um like orchestral members like how they view that like did they read like if they if somebody does a criticism of like their concert like do they care about that or is it just like girl my check is coming regardless that's how i would be (laughs) you asking me so somebody did a criticism of memphis symphony you're not reading it i'm a fellow (laughs) okay A fellow (laughs) member of the orchestra, so
0: I mean I don't think I would care. I can't I can't I don't know if I would care. But that's just how I am. I would not care. Okay. (laughs) I would not care in in the practical sense. Like, I don't care about this. Like you wasn't up there, you wasn't the rehearsals, you wasn't but I would care simply because I'm cancer rising and I'm very emotional. Like I'll be like, not not them talking, not they net. Like I will feel like that. But I don't know if I would if I would care. To be honest. What is it even paper called? The Memphian? I don't even know. I do they do. I need to look that. <laughs> but I, so I was wondering. It might need somebody. Katie, go exercise your pen. That sounds. I'm not gonna listen. That <laughs> sounds unfun. I ain't, I ain't like trying to comfort nobody back. I just feel like I'm very curious. I'll be curious to hear from a music critic too because I feel like are, are like newspapers a dying medium? And, but are they dying in the sense like, because everybody says classroom week is dying like every three seconds and then we still here So it not in that sense, but like just like in an accessibility sense and like i mean i know we made the switch to um like there's obviously virtual news newspapers and stuff like that but it's like are people to the point now where they gonna sit down and read a review of a thing or are they would they rather watch a, a 60 second tiktok on how this thing did you know what i'm saying like i don't know because am i gonna am i gonna really read like a four page paper four page page thing what am i saying you know what i'm saying like i wonder how what they feel as music critics on that side of like are people really reading these in in length about what they thought about this particular concert because i don't even know i was at the concert with the stuff i was on stage i don't know if i'm going to read your think piece on on what you thought
1: we did I feel like critics probably, they probably shaking and crying and throwing up right now. Listen to this episode. Showing. We probably oh. we probably got everything <laughs> wrong, but I'm telling y'all like y'all need to explain to me because I'm just very much like when it comes to opinion. That's why I was, somebody looked at me crazy when I told them, I was like, I have pretty much no books that are fiction. Every, <laughs> nearly every book that I own is not, is not fiction. Something about fiction And uh, things that are based off of opinion make me very, very... Because it's it's the Libra in me that doesn't like to decide things. I don't like to speak in absolutes. I don't like to say, this is what I think. Because I have to take you on the journey and everything that went into it. And I need to... Like, it just needs to be...
0: You don't read, like, romance,
1: something like that? No. I read encyclopedias. (laughs) I read the dictionary, bro. (laughs) Like, I love stuff like that. Yeah,
0: that's a... I mean, you do what you want. (laughs) I own, like... Three nonfiction books, out of like I see. The I'm 50.
1: the op- I'm the opposite. I own maybe hmm. out of 30. the fifty that I own. Really, and it's so weird. When I see fiction books, I'm like I jump. Because I'm they like be, what the heck? They'd be good. <laughs> you just thought of that? Like what? They'd be good. Like someone I good. will like, say I bought the new Twilight book and I was like, dang, this is so refreshing. This is why I'm like, yeah, I have to think girl. about life. Why you gotta you ain't gotta learn every time you read a book? <laughs> like, yes. And I'm like, that's probably why when I get stressed, I don't read as much because I'm like, hmm, let me let me wind down with this book on systemic racism. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, And I went to this I went to this, uh, this black owned bookstore in Chicago called semi Um Oh, I heard of that. Yeah. My f- Nikki's uh, godbrother co-owns it. What? So I went. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Like, what a what a what a random fact. Um wow. she wanted to go down there with me, but this our schedule didn't work out. I'm like girl, I'm going to this book this bookstore before I leave Chicago. And I went in there and it was like, BAM! Like every like r- book about racism so I'm like you have any <laughs> light read. I'm looking for um what's the book called? I'm looking for Ace of Space. Do you got Ace of Space? She's like, Oh yeah, it's right here. I'm like, I'm gonna buy that because I, and monica went in there you know they all they that's her that's her generation she went in the and She's like so yeah i'm gonna buy this malcolm x book and then this other book uh, i'm about a cat I, and i think i own do i own the cast book do i own that i don't think so it might be my cart i have every intention of reading that but i like when i read i normally read like on a sunday afternoon you know what I'm right. saying? You don't
1: want to read about the Tulsa massacre on your Sunday afternoon?
0: <laughs> like, I'm in my bed. I just finished a lesson. I'm relaxed and I got some tea. And I don't read, like, this romance novel. I don't want to read. I have to start doing that. I have to pop- start. I just, like, that's kind of, and that's but it's also, like, on the opposite. I'm kind of, like, pushing the opposite into because now all I read is, like, fun stuff. You know, I don't really read a lot of, I don't read for a lot of. I don't even
1: look at fiction books. I'm like, I'm looking over here. Come on, 2,201 facts. What? The book that I need. It's <laughs> literally a book that I have on my bookshelf right now.
0: I'm, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. First of all, I'm blind, so I can't really see. But um, besides the music over there, the only nonfiction book I can see is Michelle and her husband.
1: Oh, I see Michelle Obama. I have that. I have Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain, which yeah, is about... <laughs> girl <laughs> Katie decolonizing wealth you I don't want to read that that was a gift. gift you see people give gifts based on interest the craft of research is another book that I have also bought the style guide the 2009 style guide for the Associated Press what? why I would need <laughs> I don't know I just like listen, listen to, to the way no, that thanks. people construct words I like words I literally, I literally read the dictionary sometimes it's just fun um oh. <laughs> okay. and what, but it's also i have acknowledged that it can be stressful like that yeah, i realize because when someone one. when someone looked at me i told somebody that they were like really
0: <laughs> they were like only free nonfiction." ain't nobody doing anybody ain't, ain't nobody knocking you but like every once in a while you know a book i downloaded the other week to read i still haven't done it yet because i feel like it's only gonna take an afternoon you remember the american girl dot books hmm i'm gonna read Addie. i stopped reading I, I was going to read it i stopped myself because I do i really want to read about this this girl's uh master making her eat worms okay i forgot about that part but when i'm looking at my bookshelf girl ain't nothing but fiction over there except michelle i got michelle and her husband and the book that we would ha- we have read
1: But I also have fun fiction books. I have a lot of books. I mean, sorry, not fiction, fun nonfiction books. I have a lot of books on music. I have a lot of, I have a book called When the Church Becomes Your Party about contemporary gospel music, like stuff like that. It's not all bad. You know, it's nonfiction, but it's still interesting.
0: Yeah, there's information and there's inspiration. And I want more inspiration.
1: I have a book called Hollywood Blacks about black people in Hollywood. Like it's fun. And also, like for that
0: kind of stuff, I rather watch me a little documentary.
1: I do. I do. I watch a lot of documentaries too, though. So on,
0: I tell you, I learned a what I learned about uh, the other day. I learned for whatever reason, I learned a lot about the Pan American Highway. Did you know there's a Pan American Highway? Nope. That uh, a highway that stretches from the tippy top of Alaska all the way down to Argentina. Oh. Oh, that's the yeah. thing
1: that you retweeted. Did about the longest that? road trip
0: i I was i thought i was gonna do it until they talked about something like called the darien gap and i was like people die in
1: there okay yes oh um, and i learned but a lot
0: about the immigration like a d- this um amazing journalist i be mean, probably you probably know him what's his name like alex or adam yamaguchi you know who i'm talking about Mm-mm. what if somebody knows he did an amazing little series on immigration and I watched this one dude. Like he, they, he literally walked from Venezuela up into up to um America and all different parts along the way. And wow. And going through the, he went through the Darien Strait gap with the people climbing jaguars. I learned a lot about that. I'm not gonna read about that, but I watched. <laughs> I sat here and I watched two hours on that.
1: Girl, I watched that. Um, that that Netflix docu-series it'll be like Blank Explained and I've Mm -hmm. watched a couple of them I think I've watched I watched Sex Explained I watched Money Explained that one was the best one I've seen so far it's a whole those are two of their own Series, so it's not just sex explained, it's things about that. So they do a birth control episode, a childbirth mm-hmm. episode, like you know, they do th- things like that. Um, and then money explained, they do a de- uh, student loan debt episode, they do a gambling episode, that one was crazy. Mm-hmm. They do a credit card episode, like just explaining how all these things come about. They also have the general series, which is just blank explained, and every episode is a different one. Oh, okay, um. And I saw I did pandi- the next pandemic explain, and this was in 2019 or 2018. And I was like, Oh, let me watch this and see like what like let me compare since we in it. I was like, This made me feel so much worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel did, so much worse. Did they get it right? I mean, I think I watched that one. I'm not gonna lie to you. The thing
1: that they got right, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was really just predicting. It was the surface level stuff, right? Yeah, and it was really just saying, like, how unprepared that we, like, were going to be, but, like, also how difficult it was for people to prepare for something that they don't know when it's coming. Yeah. Because they're, like, oh, we could just keep putting it off, putting it off. And then what really was crazy was seeing how much it really relied on, like, they didn't predict that nobody was going to believe anything. So, and they were saying how important it was that we did all, like, you know, band together and do this because, you know, there was a pandemic that killed half the world. Half oh, of everybody. This, this is way, 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 way back. Oh, with the back. potatoes? That one? I It wasn't the potato family. It was way, 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 way back, which that was like, okay, it was way back then. But also, who's to say that can't happen? How, how can, who's to say that that couldn't happen now with people not believing anything? You know what I mean? Like, it may not it even
0: spread. I'm so confused by that.
1: Oh, so that was another part of it. Um, It showed how, What which one was it? The one that... It wasn't the swine... Was it the swine flu that they were talking about? I don't
0: remember swine flu, but we just went about our business.
1: Yeah, but it was flu. showing how a pandemic spreads. Like, it, w- it like, really was showing, like, oh, this person went here and da But also, you got to... Back when that p- pandemic killed half the world, like, that was, you know, people wasn't whatever, like... I mean, people was probably still doing stuff on boats, so then that... And then, actually, nobody was showering. And then, like, I they were talking still, about... So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Apparently. And then they were talking about another one that killed, like... Uh, that w- n- it wasn't the bubonic plague. There was another one that wasn't the bubonic plague that killed another uh, astronomical amount of people in Europe. Like it was just crazy. I watched this one, but it was like way back. It was crazy. So it was like this would make me feel more comfortable if people were actually doing what they're supposed to do. But people are underestimating. They're thinking, oh, that was way back then. Nothing like that could happen now. But it was actually explaining. I don't want to depress people, but it was explaining how basically how viruses and variants form that we cannot um that we cannot like counteract basically that we don't know anything about so basically with the swine flu it was something where like it was there was a a human had the flu it wasn't this wasn't the swine flu what was the other one it might have been the swine flu actually um the, a human had something at, at like a farm or something he had something that couldn't have infect a chicken and then a chicken has something that couldn't affect the human, but they could both infect pigs. So they both infected the pig and then it turned into something else that well, could affect okay. both humans and chickens and other pigs. So then it just started going and going and going and going and going, you know, like, and mm-hmm. that's how stuff it, so it'd be mixing, mixing it up, you know, and they were talking about places that are like breeding grounds for this sort of things. Um, it was also talking about some new vaccine technology that was promising that would, help us develop vaccines faster but as we have now seen if you develop a vaccine faster they just think that it's going to put a microchip in you and whatever whatever Witch girl so nothing nothing was very promising about it it was actually very terrifying um and that's how i unwinded that night see i feel like you got to <laughs> you got to get to the bottom of that <laughs> That's what I had my mom watch that 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 docu series Amend and she was like crying. She was like, I'm gonna take a break. I'm like, Nope, this is the truth. This is our history. All you gotta right. watch it. <laughs> she was like, right. I, I gotta take a break from this and I was like, Nope, I watched the in one sitting, so Okay. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, maybe I do need to get to the bottom of this.
0: I feel like I mean, I ain't no etymologist or whatever, so I ain't gonna talk about my neck, but I feel like half the problem is I remember when H one N one was like a epidemic and nothing happened like I'm sure people like I'm sorry to people who actually had H1N1 but I remember I remember sophomore year high school I remember I could see the um the letterhead with my high school's little thing on it. I could see all of that they sent the letters home and we went to school the very next day and for the rest of time like so I feel like when this one came around they were like oh yeah two weeks you know so I feel like it's hard to be prepared for stuff like that when stuff be coming up intermittently
1: that's why I'm like I gotta I gotta go back to pandemic week one and look at the epidemic versus pandemic situation and see what's up with that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but because we've had a couple
1: sure. epidemics.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure what's it called? was an epidemic because I don't remember other people talking about H one. Yeah, Ebola. we've
1: had we've had a couple epidemics. Ebola was an epidemic. Ebola, yeah. Um, was it the Zika?
0: I forgot Zika. About Zika virus, which mm-hmm. I feel like was wild because. Mosquitoes be everywhere, so it's like
1: that. That one was actually looking scary because stuff was going was on, like because yeah. mosquitoes they be everywhere, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm like so, and we I'm, and then of course my family outside unalarmed. Like yeah, girl. Anyway, we barbecuing. And it's like okay,
1: no one's alarmed.
0: So, <laughs> but, on, girl.
1: Yeah. So, but that all that is to say, back to what we were talking about with the episode was that like anything that is Why based based off of opinion or whatever like I feel like f- yeah I'm not gonna go through my whole thought process on it because now that I'm thinking about it like I do trust the opinions of experts but since like we said music is so subjective like whatever that it's really hard to wrap my mind around that mm-hmm. but um and like yeah I just nonfiction thing facts iron clout that's why I like nonfiction writing and it's also you know whatever but another part of this that i wanted to talk about because somebody brought it up also in the thread kind of was like there's another type of criticism that exists in classical music which is cultural criticism which mm-hmm. is what something like classically black would fall under mm-hmm. um because somebody they brought up garrett they were like oh well he's not like he don't like review concerts but he does provide like criticism in the classical music industry mm-hmm. and so i was wondering like one have you ever thought of us like like of what we do in that light, and then two, like, what do you think is the place for cultural critics in classical music? People that you know criticize the actual the industry itself, etc.
0: Um, I don't really think about this in any way, in any way. To be honest, I feel <laughs> no, we never crossed my mind. <laughs> like, I feel like we just be doing it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we're more of like an entertainment because I feel, I hear people say like. Um, I was talking to Dr. Marquise today, Dr. Marquise Carter today because they uh, run Price Fest, and Amara and I presented there this morning. And that was right now.
1: With, you said what? Not me, not knowing. Oh, oh, oh dang that that looks bad. I mean, <laughs> oh well, whatever. Um,
0: and I was, they were they always say like I love classic black like y'all cracking me up and it's like so i view us as entertainment like i feel like people are entertained like yeah we talk about some serious stuff but most of the time like we spent like literally a good portion of this episode is about nothing you know what i'm saying so it's like when it comes i mean obviously there are moments of course where we where we do critique classical music um probably to in today's episode would probably happen, uh, but i don't really view us as that especially since it hasn't been formalized like no one's ever been like hey can you come to this thing and then talk about yeah, it on yeah. your show what oh
1: happened? not like that no but that's not how but cultural criticism usually doesn't work that way though like in the same way that music criticism does like when they invite you somewhere to see this to hear what you think it's more like things happen oh. in the culture and then we comment on them but oh. then it gets to the point where you do it so much and at a scale that people are like, okay, this is a place that we go to hear about these things. Yeah. So, so maybe so I feel class- like okay, fine. Yeah.
0: Maybe then. I mean, if you say when you say like that, like yeah, because something go down in classical music, they they know we finna talk about it. Yeah. If it's something big, I feel like there's only one thing that we ignored recently because we just not have the, the mental capacity to do it. I don't remember what it was, but something happened and we were like, I. yeah, we're okay, huh? Yeah, I don't remember what that was either. I feel it, it had to be recently because we're like, Yeah, we're not talking about that. I don't remember yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um But I think um I think there is a there I forgot what your second question but basically I think there is a point to I think the role we serve there we go. I think the role we serve in it is just to keep the discussion moving forward, um, engage people in discourse and if they haven't thought about something, a lot of times like I mean I would consider it's a little different because crystal and you are not trying to solve a problem but i do enjoy listening to them pr- primarily because i always get a different take on something that has happened like I, i'm I like so a lot of times something happens and i be like i didn't think about it that way um so i think like that it might be we might offer a different perspective to somebody especially in a field of classical music that is supposed to be rapidly changing but it's not um it gives context to it might give someone another line of thought and how to think about something or something to consider, rather mm-hmm. um, so maybe that's it, but you know we just I just feel like we just be on here talking, laughing, having a good time, um especially when especially since our content has shifted um a lot towards incorporating more popular culture as well, I feel like i i, I don't always look at us as like, oh, we gonna people are coming to us for information on something,
1: yeah, because I mean, lucky sometimes we just be like.
0: It'd be it be all it'd be it's like ninety eight percent accurate, and I feel like that's generous
1: right yeah on so a scale, I was, it's on a, it's on a scale yeah sixty so to ninety yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, it's interesting because now that I'm thinking about it, like I wonder if cultural criticism is something that like I'm sure there are people who set out to do it in our case. It's it's weird because, like, that's something that is really based on personality, I feel like. It's based on experience to a certain extent. A lot of cultural critics have PhDs in such and such, and, like, you know, and they criticize within that realm of whatever, but, like, it's also dependent on personality. Like you said with Crystal and Kid Fury, like, they talk about pop culture and stuff, and like there's somewhere that we go to hear about it. It's not that they're any more qualified to talk about it than we are, but we like their personalities and their whatever, whatever. So we go and hear them talk about it. I feel like that's a way, that's the way that a lot of uh, cultural, cultural critics work because a lot of people like our delivery it's not that we have some type of superior mental capacity to pick apart the classical music industry they just like the way that we uh, we say stuff you know (laughs) yeah um, so many times like something go down in pop culture i cannot wait for the reads come out yeah and like they'll hear they'll hear us they may agree with us or like it's not to say that they don't hear anything new from the show because like we may say something that they you know we give another perspective but also it's like also a personality um Cause I think some people set out to do it, but for us, we kind of stumbled into that because like, yeah, like by talking about it, because any regular everyday people can talk about it. then I'm like, we're regular everyday people, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what we, that's what we still are. But that's also what we were when we picked up the mics and then more people started listening to it. Yeah, So then then it's like for ourselves because a lot of people start
0: podcasts. We just stuck it out. Right. Exactly. Like we're doing it again next week. Yeah, I
1: guess. (laughs) And like, it's been like, I guess it's for other other people from the outside have seen it. I've also seen it because I run our email and I see that we now get, we get press releases from publicists. So like we have we just started talking about stuff and then people started to notice, oh, people listen to them talk about stuff. So then that's where it comes from, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's sort of a different type of criticism, criticism that, like you said, is for it kind of advances the field. It kind of is for like serving a different area of classical mm-hmm. music and to push it forward, it is to create discourse. Because like old, like oh, sis, we talked about on the other episode who mentioned Garrett's show and mentioned something that Garrett said, like Garrett be talking and people be listening and so now they have no choice but to mention you know, mm-hmm. the conversations that are going on that he's involved in. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I feel like, and, and I think that with like the work that we've done with L.A. Phil, the work that like um, that a lot of other like kind of more I don't know what do you say how do you say it? like like more grassroots classical music uh, commentators and and content creators have have done with like larger organizations has really spoken to how much I think cultural criticism has grown in classical mm-hmm. music over the past like especially the past year is but the, the past couple years you know mm-hmm. like I feel like they for a long time they've been able to just operate and now yeah. it's like oh dang like we're mm-hmm. better at social media than they are we're better at like people be sharing classically black posts because they're funny you know mm-hmm. like we're we're just better at the the primary mode of connecting with people is not an email chain no more like right. everybody has it but they're more likely to see what your posts that somebody DMs to them and i feel like we're better at that and so our delivery is more direct and so mm-hmm. now they gotta be like, okay, what they doing? Like, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, period. Shout out to us. We just figured gang that gang. out. Cause, like, I feel, I legit just thought through that on the show because I was like, no, hold on, that's us. Like,
0: <laughs> come on, us commentating.
1: Right. So I don't know where we landed really on the actual like music critics. I would, yeah, we gotta look for somebody black to come on the show, um, and talk about it. But as far as like. Regular criticism. I feel like I feel like we be doing that, period. Yeah, That's one thing we got it. we got something
0: to say. Right. We, gonna say we might edit it out first, but we're gonna say it. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not always the most nuanced takes as we've been told, but <laughs>
0: y'all don't come here for new ones and you know that
1: there was one particular joke i maybe i'll say it off the mic even though it's literally on an episode but it's on a pretty early episode and that gives in, no one any information about how to find it so i'll tell you off the mics because even though it's on the internet it, we just won't say it again it's fine <laughs> recently no no this no no. Is, but there was a criticism recently it was the joke was criticism which is why I think also that's another part of our delivery that people like. Like, we be saying stuff like they know what we mean, but we be funny about it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Nobody said something to you about an early episode. No, 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 no. no. Oh, I it's like, just something that it's like. Was that in was, like, it was like. 2018. It was just
1: something that was like, Ooh, should we have edited that out? Eh, maybe. But it's fine. we still here. I mean, trust me, the,
0: the worst of the worst you hear, like, we have considered. Yeah. But just know that there's worse sometimes. Yeah. So. Period, Period. <laughs> we move on. Yep, all right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because it's room for everyone at the top. Who are you talking about, Delaney?
1: All right, so this week I'm going to be doing a posthumous Black Excellence. Um, I'm sure that um, s- folks have heard by now, um, especially it was announced yesterday at the time that we're recording this episode that uh, conductor Michael Morgan passed away this week. Um, so I'm going to be doing my black excellence for him, you know, um, celebrating his life and everything that he did for us as black classical musicians, and classical music period. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to give a little background about his life and, you know, his professional accomplishments and everything that he's done. So, um, he was born in Washington, DC, um, and, um, participated in the DC youth orchestra program and began conducting at age 12, which I was like. I don't hey. know, you know, I'm not super familiar with, like, you know, every conductor's whatever, whatever. I feel like conducting is something that people really, like, grow into, you know, so to, yeah. like, be able to to be doing that at such a young age and being like, yeah, no, this is I'm literally good at putting everything together, like, yeah. you know, at such a young age. Um, but he went to um, the Oberlin Conservatory of Music. Um, uh, he also has studied with a bunch of, um, big names in the conducting industry that y'all may know, like Seiji uh, Ozawa and Leonard Bernstein. Um, During his career in in 1980, he won the first prize in the Hans Swarovski International Conductors Competition in Vienna, Um, and also became the assistant conductor of the St. Louis Symphony. Um, He's also um, conducted with a lot of... A lot of other orchestras around the world including the Vienna State Opera, um, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, um, the Oakland East Bay Symphony, um, the Sacramento Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, He also conducted and was artistic director of the Festival Opera in Walnut Creek California Um, and he also taught at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. Um, in the Tanglewood Music Center, so he's done a lot at very you know prominent and major, um, major, um, music organizations. Um, he was a huge, huge, huge presence in the Bay Area, um, uh, music industry and um, music scene, um, particularly in Oakland, um, which is where he's been since like the nineties, I believe, in nineteen ninety is when he um, began conducting the Oakland East Bay Symphony. Um, and also last but certainly not least, the Gateways music Festival has also been home to him um He's been conducting the gateway symphony and it and it sucks that he won't be there to you know do this this historic um performance at Carnegie Hall next year um but he's definitely been um a presence at Gateways um for several years now and a lot of musicians at least you know on both of our timelines I'm sure have been posting you know pictures of him and videos with him and etc and he also um did the what do you call those the the blind auditions that they do at Sphinx so he's been um you know kind of really involved in the same areas of like diversifying the classical music industry that we have um and giving back to um the people that are coming up right now by providing guidance and insight etc so rest in peace to michael morgan and thank you for being black and excellent
0: yeah michael morgan conducted my high school orchestra we went took a trip to um san francisco in 20 oh
1: nine wow
0: and then when I saw about Gateways, I'm like, ain't that the man that was um, in San <laughs> Francisco? So, man, shout out to uh, Michael Morgan and his unfortunate passing. Yep. Um, my piece of the week, I talked about, he was Black Excellence last week. Um, Black Book, I've been liking his music a lot. Uh, one of my favorite... Um, songs pieces on this album is called November 7th, 2020. Um, So yeah, I'll link that down below. All right. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. What do I even say for Classically Black Podcast? Yep. What do we say? Y'all,
1: what do I say? Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, oh, I think. Yeah. A suggestion, Intermission suggestion Send it to ClassicallyBlackPodcast At com. We have a website at com. I feel like I forgot Oh I forgot to say don't forget to follow us on social media At ClassicallyBlackPodcast oh, I yeah. was like There's, there was something naked in there
0: it's I just don't know why I forgot the whole thing just now <laughs> I was gonna say thank you so much For watching don't forget to like comment and subscribe
1: You so. know what I forgot In the news what? That our freaking call for proposals is open For <laughs> the whole <laughs> I like i was like something i'm forgetting i'm forgetting something but then we spent 30 minutes talking about COVID. so uh, um I yes i'm not gonna listen this far so dang i'm putting in the description anyway so yeah. let me write it down and also i'm gonna say it right now our call for po- proposals is open for isbm so yeah, maybe say it next week and also we can make a separate post
0: mm-hmm. i, I could do that period because people don't listen as
1: far I feel like I feel like we're in the rare percentage of people who, but people might because sometimes sometimes we'll be wrapping up the episode and then it'll be like 10 15 minutes left and they'll be like what's going on back here so people might because they know we be saying stuff that's true
0: but I feel like I, I learned that people do not watch YouTube videos all the way through they do not listen to the entire podcast it's I' just like I will sit if I'd like you I, I watch the entire YouTube the entire vlog. When Sophia mixing up different types of hair gels, I will watch the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, Ice Black Musicians, dot musicians.com at ice Black Musicians. Thank you for listening.
1: Talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.